The following presentation is controversial and may be offensive to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. July 16, 2020. It is a Thursday. John Lund with you. Caboose Pistol Podcast. CaboosePistol.com. At Caboose Pistol on Twitter. John Lund. John Lund Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. KNBR Radio weekdays. 10 to 2. I've been doing this for about 20 years. Just got the podcast and the website going. Here's what I need you to do as a sweet, clean listener of the pod. First of all, appreciate it. Second of all, play a lot of sound in the podcast. We'll start with the lead in a minute. we got five stories. Love your feedback, and then we'll finish with the world-famous Caboose Pistol. If you don't know the story of why I branded Caboose Pistol, all you got to do is go to CaboosePistol.com. That's where you can have feedback. Uh, leave your feedback. Uh, love to hear your voice. Just leave a voice message, and I'll play it on the pod. 508-296-4949 is the number. 508-296-4949. For all questions, comments, the best ones will get on the podcast in the second of the last segment of the show. As I said, caboosepistol.com. If you hear stories, it's likely that they're on the website, and there's a little bit more expansion there. There's video, all sorts of stuff, so go to caboosepistol.com. There's the archives of the podcast there as well as stories which are updated daily. There's video and so forth as well, caboosepistol.com. And again, I've been doing this for a long time, so uh, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe. You can listen however you want, Apple Podcasts, all those different things, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all the usual. So let's get going. You didn't come here to hear me explain a bunch of stuff, but again, caboosepistol.com. Let's start out. July 16, 2020, Caboose Pistol Podcast. Here is today's... Big lead. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. How would you describe the culture surrounding this football team? You know, the culture is actually damn good. Uh, that's what Bruce Allen said. Bruce Allen was running... Daniel Snyder's Redskins for years, and on Thursday, by the way, Bruce Allen just said that he's gone now, but said the culture was good. Well, a story in the Washington Post would say, au contraire, mon frere, the Redskins are accused by 15 women, and one came forward. Uh, her name is Emily Applegate. Well, misconduct, sexual harassment, uh, all the usual stuff that has been happening in our country a lot lately. She started working, Emily Applegate, for the Washington Redskins in 2014, and she said her daily routine was this. She'd meet a female co-worker in the bathroom during their lunch breaks to commiserate and cry about the frequent sexual harassment and verbal abuse that they endured. They cried about the former chief operating officer's tirades. She said that uh, she was often called effing stupid. Here's more from ESPN's Adam Schefter. situation where there was, in my mind, almost unprecedented hype and expectation for this story that the Washington Post published this afternoon that alleged, again, that there were 15 former employees, all women, who were victims of sexual harassment by former scouts and members of uh, the Washington Redskins team. Now, again, as you mentioned, also, Washington hired a D.C. attorney, a respected D.C. attorney by the name of Beth Wilkinson to defend uh, the organization, to go through the organization and figure out or really examine the culture and see what has gone wrong. But clearly there's a systemic pattern here 
of behavior that is alleged from these various people that stepped forward and spoke to the Washington Post. This is going to require a deep look at the organization, how they've conducted business, what they will do going forward. And I think that's why they brought on the woman that they did to try to help get this straightened out. It's a very serious situation. It Mm -hmm. does not reflect well on the organization. Uh, But this is a pretty straightforward piece from the Washington Post while there was a lot of uh, speculation swirling all across social media the last week or so. All right, that's Adam Schefter. You know the voice from ESPN. Let's take a a wide lens look at this whole thing. I don't know if these allegations are true. Now, more and more will come out in the coming days. Obviously, lawyers are going to look into this whole thing, but I just want to focus on Daniel Snyder for just a second. It's long overdue that the Redskins' name is offensive and has needed to be changed. He has been defiant. You can go through numbers of interviews. He's been defiant that he didn't want to change the name. He's been a poor owner on and off the field. I know people who have worked for Daniel Snyder. That doesn't surprise me at all that this is the environment that's being talked about. Again, I'm not being judge, jury, and executioner here. All I'm simply saying is this, and I get this. Darren Rovell, who is a a professional at being an ass, uh, his first reaction on Twitter to this was, and I hate to give him any type of publicity, but his first reaction was, well, if you think that this is going to knock Daniel Snyder out of the NFL, you got another thing coming. These teams are leased. Yes, you are technically, quote-unquote, the owner of these teams, but if you embarrass the NFL, they're the true owners. And if you embarrass the NFL, despite the fact that Roger Goodell works for said owners, and I'm not sure how popular Daniel Snyder is with the power brokers, the big power brokers, his owners, uh, Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, etc. So if he is in tight with those types, it will be tough to eject him from the owner's seat. But it's time. It's embarrassing. The NFL is better than this. You're resisting a name change. Uh, There is uh, sexual harassment going on. All sorts of things behind the scenes. Alleges the Washington Post, but the fish stinks from the head down, and it doesn't surprise me for one minute that a Daniel Snyder-run team, this is what's going on. By the way, uh, I cover the 49ers as part of the many things that I do. Kyle Shanahan was asked last year before they played the Washington Redskins what he thought. Of course, his dad, Mike Shanahan, had a falling out, as most people do, with Daniel Snyder. And this is what Kyle Shanahan said about his time in Washington. Coaching in Washington. Um, Being able to work with my dad and be around some other good coaches. Everything else. <laughs> that was Kyle Shannon. He's, he's being honest. Everything else. Uh, from everybody that I've ever talked to that worked with Daniel Snyder, and again, this is from a radio and communication standpoint, it's not a great atmosphere. Uh, they never said anything about sexual harassment or anything like that, but as far as the atmosphere is concerned, Daniel Snyder off the field, Daniel Snyder on the field has been the same person. He doesn't get to own the team forever. If you're a jackass constantly, which he seems to be, you can lose your NFL team, and if these allegations are true, it's time for the NFL to kick Daniel Snyder swiftly out of the league. That's your big lead. All right, it's time for your five stories of the day. All right, let's lighten things up. I didn't say this in the beginning. I like to have fun on the podcast. I don't want to do all these things that have to do with the coronavirus and if we're going to play. I just want to have fun. If, if you know me, if you listen to my shows on K, I, just, I want to have fun. Uh, so let's lead with this in the five stories and lighten things up a little bit. Danica Patrick, Aaron Rodgers, after two years, are no more. Yep. How did it, uh, how was it found out? Well, 
as many things are in this life, it was found out because someone saw that Danica Patrick had unfollowed Aaron Rodgers on Instagram. And so they did a little digging and voila, uh, they are no longer together. According to the reps, by the way, they do have a $28 million estate together uh, in Malibu. So is, there is that. But uh, here is Danica Patrick on with Rich Eisen in Happier Days. Aaron Rodgers is known for his football first and his mustache second. I mean, he's adorable either way, but he he just has a sense of humor. So he can keep the mustache all season. That would, I don't care. That would take me at least a month to grow <laughs> out looking that very Sam Elliott-like. It really, really would. That's impressive. That's a day and a half. That's a day and a half. Well, no, I mean he can get the scruff going in a day and a half pretty easily. But, um, but I think that that mustache probably takes, you know, it takes a couple of weeks of of like letting it go. And also, it comes probably from the heart too, right? I mean, you got to have that heart. He loves Sam Elliott. Elliott. He he even attached him in the the Instagram post. He said, "At official Sam Elliott." (laughs) So there's Danica Patrick there, kaput. Now. I, I went through a few pieces of sound trying to find something so that I could reference off. And that's what I often do. Uh, you try to find something that is relevant, not A, relevant to what you're going to talk about, but also B, something you can work off of, right? Well, to me, when she started talking about Sam Elliott, now, they, look, Aaron Rodgers and the mustache, it's wonderful. I can't grow like that. Like, you do Movember. It takes me basically the entire month, and then it's December, and it's time to shave the, the, the thing off if you hit it right in the right light then I can have a, a great mustache, nothing like Aaron Rodgers, and I'm extremely jealous of what he's able to do. But he mentioned, she mentioned, Rich Eisen mentioned, Danica Patrick mentioned uh, Sam Elliott. So at any point, I could play a Sam Elliott. Now, whether it's a Coors commercial, uh, whether it's the big Lebowski, uh, but I chose this, Roadhouse, the fight scene. <laughs> hey, I had it under control. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you. Who is that guy? Gentleman? Wade Garrett. Holy shit. Exactly right. If you are a part of the younger demographic, uh, Sam Elliott is legend. Just uh, Google him or go to YouTube. Just listen to the voice. It's amazing. Um, that's Roadhouse. Anytime it's on and it's TBS, TNT. At this point, it was in 1989. Um, at this point, it's probably receded to something at about 2 a.m., but it is one of those movies that if it's on, I'll at least watch for 10 minutes if I have the time. And it's also one of those movies that the first few times I've se- I saw it, and I probably saw it 25, 30 times at different points of the movie, maybe once or twice uh, just through the movie. But at, in, say, 1990 or 1990, I thought it was a great movie. It has not aged well. But Sam Elliott is awesome. So anytime I can play Roadhouse, uh, I do. Uh, story number two of the five, July 16th, 2020 podcast. I, I, I hate bringing this stuff up constantly. Are we going to play? Are we going to play? Are we going to play? As of this recording, July 16th, 2020, uh, baseball is up in the air. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But we are assuming that the NFL is going to play because it is the behemoth, right? It is the moneymaker. It is Sundays. It is Mondays. It is Thursdays. And they just keep going through. Draft will do it. And it worked out perfectly. So J.J. Watt at J.J. Watt tweets this out. He says, here's what we know and don't know. And this sounds very baseball-like, unfortunately. He says, we want to play. Baseball player said that. We want to be as safe as possible. We have not received a single IDER, Eider, 
uh, infectious disease emergency response from any team or the league. We don't know if there are preseason games or not. We don't know if there will be daily testing, semi-daily testing, etc. We don't know how a potential positive COVID test would affect contracts, rosters, spots, etc. Nothing has been agreed upon regarding what training camp will actually look like and how the ramp-up period will work. And again, he says, like baseball players, we want to play. Again, I don't want to keep bringing this up. I want to have fun. I want to laugh. But sports and COVID-19 specifically is forcing me to talk about those issues. I'm simply bringing it up because J.J. Watt is in the middle of it. And we'll hear from guys like Ian Rappaporter, Adam Schefter, that they're moving towards something. Richard Sherman did this last week. He took a tweet by Ian Rappaport and said, this is news to me. We've agreed to nothing. We haven't even gone back and forth. So look, we're all hoping for football. And I think I'm speaking for most people. Yeah, it would be great if baseball returned. Yes, I'm interested to see what the NBA is going to look like in the bubble, but the NFL must come back. Now, look, we need safety precautions, all these things. And if I'm being 100% honest with you, which I like to be, then it's going to be tough envisioning guys who are piling on each other, sweating on each other, spitting on each other, all these different kind of things being able to make it through an entire season. It's difficult enough without COVID-19 with all the injuries and the different things that happen, and now we add this element. I'm just telling you, it's going to be very difficult. Number three on the top five list, speaking of are they really going to play, is baseball going to come back? A week from today is supposed to be Yankees and Garrett Cole, the former Astro, versus Max Scherzer, and the world champion, Washington Nationals, which is still strange to say, at Nationals Park. So it's supposed to be a rematch of the World Series. Scherzer versus Cole. Yankees, Cole's now in the Yankees, Gary Cole, uh, taking on the Washington Nationals. But as Joel Sherman says in the following in a tweet, the Nationals are unsure if they'll start the season at Nationals Park due to city coronavirus regulations. They are actively exploring alternative sites, Fredericksburg, Virginia, or West Palm Beach, Florida. Opening day is exactly one week. Yeah, I already said that. Uh, that's a Joel Sherman tweet. It's scary to think, are they going to play? Are they going to play? And if they can't get the plane off the ground, how can they safely fly it, even for 60 games? Now, baseball, to me, seems like it could work. The NBA in the bubble seems like it could work. The NFL, I'm a little bit more unsure about, but we'll see. But again, having issues... For the first game, it's supposed to be Giants and Dodgers, excuse me, Nationals and Yankees at Nationals Park, and then Giants and Dodgers. We shall see. All right, the, the fourth story is not really a story. So I was looking for sound for, I don't even remember uh, what bit today. And I was on YouTube, and I ran across an old, I, I see it in the corner, you know, you're kind of looking and something catches your eye. And it's Jim Leland, the former manager of the Pirates and then the Tigers, uh, the last chain-smoking manager in baseball, if I'm not incorrect, and Barry Lamar Bonds, one of the greatest players of all time. And, of course, I know that he's not in the Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to get into that. But what I do want to get into is, as you're listening to this, and this is from a spring training years ago, and it's a young, skinny Barry Bonds, but he's still a superstar at the time. Jim Leland goes off on him. Now, you may have heard this, but it's not going to hurt you to hear it again. Yes, there's dirty language. Ugh. You can handle it. Now, don't fuck with me. I'm not fucking with nobody. Don't fuck with me, no. I'm not, I've had enough of this talking. fucking shit. I'm in it because I'm the fucking manager. This fucking team has five minutes. You don't want to be here. Get your fucking ass out of here. I'm going to do it. 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 I'm going to do it
Push start. So let's get the fucking shit over with right fucking now. I don't want to see no more or go home. So Jim Leland and Barry Bonds, this is sometime in the early 90s. Could you imagine today if a manager, and Jim Leland was a well-respected, well-known manager back in those days with the Pirates, and the Pirates were a really good team. And this is spring training, as you can hear, around the batting cages. But could you imagine, I don't care the stature of the coach. Maybe a Greg Popovich could get away with it. Maybe a Bill Belichick could get away with it. But most any other coach... And Barry Bonds was as big of a superstar as there were. He obviously ascended to higher levels when he was with the Giants, but Barry Bonds was a damn good player and an all-star at that point, and Jim Leland is effing him and that and that. And And what you used to do for the young listener is that you would establish what the season was going to be like. Again, that's in spring training. So Jim Leland is essentially saying, if I'm going to go off on our best player like this, a superstar like this, I'll sure as hell undress you. Don't mess with me. And then afterwards, there was a press conference, and he backed it up. That was Jim Leland. He was just that kind of a guy. By the way, I covered him in Detroit. I'm not going to say he was warm and cuddly, but he was a good guy. Breast smelled of cigarettes all the time, but a good guy. And finally, story number five for the pod Today on July sixteenth, twenty twenty, and this is this is a horrible one. So Rachel Nichols, you know her from the Jump and many other uh, entities with ESPN. She does a tremendous job. She is covering uh, the NBA in a bubble down in Orlando. Well, for her room, her hotel room, it's got to be set up because she's doing the Jump and other things from there. So it's it's all set up. I don't know the wires and the this and the that, but it's but it's all set up. And you would assume that when she's not on, nothing is on, right? It's, I don't know if it's unplugged. I don't know what the deal is, but apparently somebody at ESPN who set this all up invaded her privacy. Sounds a lot like what happened with Aaron Andrews for different purposes, but what they did was they essentially sent these tapes to Deadspin and they edited them down to about four minutes and she's doing what we all do it in office politics, right? She's bitching and moaning about this or that. She's talking about who's covering the finals. She's just, she's talking about work stuff with people and it's probably not too complimentary uh, complimentary to said people. It happens all the time. We all complain. The only people who don't complain are the people who are lucky enough to work from home. It's office politics. I honestly don't care about what she said about who. Everybody does this. Apparently this person was trying to take Rachel Nichols down uh, it did not work. Uh, the ESPN uh, ESPN was above all this kind of stuff, and apparently she's okay. But the issue, to me more obviously, is invasion of privacy. And how would anybody think that this would be okay? I'm going to take down Rachel Nichols. I don't know Rachel Nichols personally. Uh, I've seen her work for years. I've met her. She's nice enough. It's nothing about that. I'm sure someone wants to get her job or is angling for something. There's jealousy in workplace all the time, but it's disgusting. Uh, this is a lot like, like I said, about what happened with Aaron Andrews. But you would think, here's where the difference is, this equipment was set up in her room. And somebody went back and turned it on, kept it on, whatever the case may be, but Rachel Nichols is going to be okay, which is good from a standpoint. Uh, when I say okay, uh, she's going to be okay in terms of this is not going to go anywhere. Uh, Deadspin wrote a piece about it. I didn't even know Deadspin was still around. But anyway, those are your five stories of the day. All right. If you're new to the podcast, it is July 16th, 2020. John Lund with you from KMBR Radio. Remember, uh, caboosepistol.com for all the stories. At this point, it's time for the asshole of the day. I'm an asshole. 
He's an asshole, sir. Major asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Yo! What an asshole! You're a special kind of asshole. What an asshole! Because you're an asshole. Asshole. What's his name? His name is Larry Michael. He is the voice of the Washington Redskins. If you live in the Bay Area, you would know. We didn't have a tussle. Uh, he and I, it was just, it was the end of a 49ers victory over the Washington Redskins. It was a dominant performance. It had been raining all day long. It was slipping, sliding. You know, one of those games where it's just, you can't even move. It was a 9 nothing game. It was a slog is what they say. Great word. Slog is what it was. And so at the end of the game... Uh, there was a radio call that came to my attention, and it was by Larry Michael. Now, I'll play that for you in a minute, but uh, Larry Michael is part of this whole Washington Redskins sexual harassment thing that is going on. There was a couple of front office types, and then there was Larry Michael, the voice of the Redskins, who abruptly retired. Uh, he was caught on a high, hot microphone in 2018, according to the Washington Post piece, while taping a video for the team making inappropriate remarks about a female intern. Quote, unquote, it was disgusting, said one former female employee who heard the audio. This is a grown man who could be my grandfather, and he's talking about someone younger than me. A female employee complained about the video to the team's legal department, and a team attorney took the hard drive from the employee. When it was returned, the file was deleted. Hmm. The club's legal department removed the file from the hard drive and maintained the file in the organizational's a confidential HR legal records where it still resides. In addition to his broadcasting duties, Michael was the team's senior vice president in charge of content, in charge of the team's website and video department as well. So if these allegations are true, he's the a-hole of the day. If they are not, I will apologize on 5D later on, but it is strange that you would all of a sudden abruptly retire knowing that this Washington, P Washington Post piece was coming out. Here's why Larry Michael and I don't get along or weren't getting along. By the way, he's a not, he, he, I, I shouldn't mischaracterize this guy in from this standpoint. Uh, he came on our show. He apologized. He said he was frustrated, but on my show, I made a big deal of it. So this was the end of the 49ers 9-0 win over Washington in an absolute downpour last year. And guys were sliding along the field. Nick Bosa had a big game. He's sliding around, and he's all angry about some guys having some fun. Four-man rush. Case the throw. Heat for the backside. He's sacked at the nine-yard line, and that'll do it. Niners go sliding as though they were soccer players in the left corner of the field as the clock hits zeros. And the Niners are all sliding over the field. They're looking like a bunch of fools out there, Cooley. But they, they win the game. They win the game. Final score here at FedEx Field. Niners none. Excuse me, Niners nine. And you know what? Redskins going to remember that one day. You watch. Well, you won't be around to watch it. And that is your a-hole of the day. I'm an asshole, and I'm proud of it. All right, you know how the podcast works. It's the uh, Caboose Pistol podcast at CaboosePistol.com. John Blund with you. Here's what we do. We balance it out. So we do the A-hole of the day, and then we do one good thing. All right, this is a very cool story for one good thing. A 56-year-old SI swimsuit model. Almost three decades ago, Kathy Jacobs was a wide-eyed Ford model who landed the cover of Woman's World. After years of modeling in New York, the married mother of one turned to her career in baking 
and made her own beauty products. Now at age 56, Jacobs, it says, is primed to pose again. The 5'3 resident of Calabasas, California, a first-time Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue model out July 21st, and she is going to be in said magazine. Here is 56-year-old Kathy Jacobs. I am Kathy Jacobs. I have been married for 24 years. I have a 23-year-old daughter who's uh, interviewing for med schools right now. Yeah, and um, I am super creative. I invented cake and cookie kits. I've been on Food Network. I spent five years inventing a skincare line for women over 40, and I could not get the money to get it manufactured. I took a minimum wage job a year ago. A year ago, I had just quit my minimum wage job sweeping the floor at Dry Bar. And I said, I'm gonna give this one last shot. I'm gonna take some headshots and I'm gonna send them out. And I got some modeling and acting jobs and I won this contest in a year. There you go, there's Kathy Jacobs, 56, entered SI's open call contest, Swim Search, and she's one of six finalists. She did get in the magazine and again, July 21st for the issue coming out. And again, that leads us to a conversation, which is when the swimsuit, when I was growing up, the swimsuit issue was just about everything. There was no Pornhub.com. There was no internet. Even when the internet came aboard, to give you, to give the younger demographic an illustration of how desperate we were. I remember when it came out, Madonna came out in penthouse and it was a black and white issue. The, you know, the, the, uh, the pictures are black and white. She had armpit hair. We didn't know this at the time, but we did Rochambeau to see who had to go into the 7-Eleven at, uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock to buy it. And it was me. And it was really embarrassing. But those were the kind of things you did when you were an adolescent, a teenager, to see women. And Sports Illustrated was everything. There was a huge controversy around it, whether they should shut it down, all these different things. I, it's still going today. Uh, off the top of my head, and this is by no means a scientific uh, list, off the top of my head, I would say in no particular order, well, Christy Brinkley's number one. Uh, she's maintained it all over all these years. Uh, Kate Upton comes to mind. Rachel Hunter, Tyra Banks, Kathy Ireland. What was that movie she was in? Um, it'll come to me. Uh, Cheryl Teagues. Those are the ones that come to mind. Again, responses back. Hey, at CaboosePistol.com, number one SI swimsuit model of all time. And you can't look any up. Just off the top of your head, shoot them to me. Or you can, again, leave a message at uh, 508-296-4949, first model that comes to mind. Don't look any up. Uh, I did that off the top, top of my head. I promise I did. All right, there you go. That is one good thing. Kathy Jacobs, 56 years old. It's never too late. It is for me. It may not be for you, but it's never too late. You, too, could be an SI swimsuit model or do whatever you would like. It's never too late. Again, too late for me. Maybe not too late for you. That is your... One good thing today to offset the a-hole of the day. Now, this is where in the podcast we would uh, read your emails, hey, at caboosepistol.com, or my preference is to get your voice on the podcast. So 508-296-4949. Leave a voice message there, and I'll play the best ones, comments, questions, all those kind of things. 508-296-4949. Leave one of those. You can go to the website to respond as well. Uh, caboosepistol.com, or again, hey, at caboosepistol.com. Those are the ways to get in touch with the show. At that point, I will read the best 
Uh, hopefully, we'll have a lot of audio, and uh, I would rather play them so we could break up the monotony of my voice. All right, it is the world-famous Caboose Pistol. This is how we end every show. <laughs> the old Caboose Pistol, everybody has one. <laughs> Did you say Caboose pistol? I know some women who could hide a machine gun in there. Yeah. As I always say, I do not know a woman who could hide a machine gun in there. All right, if you're new to the Caboose Pistol, go to CaboosePistol.com. The explanation is there. It originates the brand from WGN-TV years ago on a show that I did, and we didn't like the end. We, we did crazy stories at the end, but we didn't like the name of it. Then we heard the Caboose Pistol, and we went, this is the name of this segment. And then I just took it and made it into a podcast and a website and all those kind of things, and that's how the Caboose Pistol brand was born. I wanted to go to the website, but you could see the entire video there, CabooseBistol.com. All right, let's get to the crazy stories. Enough with the explanations. Uh, number one, police have been exposed to be doing a lot of bad things lately. Add this one to the list. In lovely Honolulu, a police officer has been convicted of making a homeless person lick a urinal to avoid arrest. A former Honolulu police officer sentenced to four years in federal prison today for forcing a homeless man to lick a urinal. John Rabago pleading guilty to one count of conspiring to deprive a person of his civil rights and one count of acting under the color of law to deprive the same individual of those civil rights. Another, another officer pleaded guilty to conspiring with Rabago before him and promised to testify against Rabago. Rabago resigned from the force before today's sentencing. Look, I don't know what it's like to be a police officer. I know that there are a lot of suicides. I know there are a lot of mental issues. I would imagine lately there's a lot of pressure. Now, this happened before everything that's been going on uh, with police and uh, rioting and protesting and all the, all the things that have been going on in our country. But to make someone lick a urinal and, and in some way, shape, or form get, get pleasure out of that, I'm sorry. I just I, Mentally, I cannot go there. A homeless person has already been dealt a bad hand. Hey, lick this urinal, and I will let you off of this ticket. And I'm somehow enjoying that, watching this. It's disgusting. Again, I, I think most police are good. I really do. But when you, you see something like this, I'm like, I would love to sit down. Like, as, you know, as a psychologist, and the guy sits on the couch, and you say, please explain to me how you derive any bit of pleasure out of this homeless person who already has it tough enough to lick a disgusting urinal. Lick a urinal. If you lick this urinal, I will let you out of the ticket. How messed up in the head do you got to be? That Everybody has their thing, right? Rex Ryan had feet. It goes on and on. I've probably got something that I'll never tell you about. We've all got something, maybe a number of things. Licking a urinal? I guess it's some sort of a power thing. Ugh, I don't get it. All right, number two, speaking of police, Minneapolis police, yes, we know. It seems to me that these uh, people are just enjoying themselves on a nude beach. By the way, afterwards, I have a nude beach story for you. But this is in Minneapolis, drones and topless beaches. An interaction was caught on video over the weekend. They're literally wearing tops. This unfolding at a beach in Golden Valley, widely understood as a free from clothing kind of place. I'm just chilling, enjoying a day of not doing community work, trying to relax at the beach. We saw a drone go up 
we didn't think anything of it because everyone has those now. Maybe like 10 minutes later, we hear, we think police are coming. Ticketing my two friends. And cue this video of Golden Valley police officers taking information down from Christian Calbert and her friends, saying it's illegal to be topless. We're, we're like, no, we have our tops on. So like, what illegal activity do you have us doing? And she said, we have it on video. And another one of the male cops pointed up. He's like, yeah, that drone that was flying around, that was us. They were wearing tops. They weren't earlier. When was that? When was that? When the drone was flying over there and we watched all of you. Oh, okay, okay. How did you feel about the fact that they had drone footage of you and you didn't know about it? Uh, scary. I don't like that. If you come up to me right now and tell me 40 minutes ago I was doing something, but you won't provide any proof, but that's enough for me to get in trouble. I don't think that's okay. Calbert says because the beach is technically in Golden Valley and lacked signs, she says she didn't know it was part of the Minneapolis park system. Right now, as it stands, it's illegal for any person 10 years of age or older to intentionally expose his or her private parts, including all parts of the female breast. It's ridiculous when I turn around and there's a gentleman who has boobs that are as big as or bigger than mine. <laughs> Let's end on that part of it. It, it. There's a few different things. Remind me to tell the uh, nude beach story in Hawaii in just a second. First of all, drones are creepy. I know that they they can be for good, but in this case, so you're spying on a nude beach in which, generally speaking, unless someone stumbles upon said beach, they're not hurting anybody. So why are you doing that? It's just, it's creepy. It's weird. And then the cop comes up and they're not hurting anybody. They're just not. You may disagree with that, but I, I just think the whole thing is creepy. I don't like drones. Never got into drones, not into drones. I understand there, there are things that they can do that I'm sure are for the good. I just think they're creepy. I don't like drones, right? And that story creeps me out. And those people aren't bugging anybody. All right, second of all, uh, the story. Thank you for reminding me. So I had just graduated from college. And I didn't know anything. We were going to live, my girlfriend at the time and I were going to live in Hawaii for the summer. It turned out to be, I met an old fraternity brother. We went and I worked on cruise. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that when we first got there, the first couple of days, we're exploring around and we stumble upon this beach and it was kind of secluded and we thought it was pretty cool. So we throw down a blanket, we're hanging out, we're sunbathing and everything. And I, uh, we were there maybe 10 minutes. I didn't really notice anything out of the, out in the ordinary. It's not overly packed, but it's, it's. You know, there's a fair amount of people. I walked down towards the water. And again, I, we were kind of behind some trees, so we, we were trying to get some privacy. Don't worry, we weren't messing around. And so I go down towards the water, and a few guys uh, uh, and a couple of gals walk towards the water, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, they're naked. All those people are naked. And uh, it was the weirdest thing because we just didn't know. And so, you know, I'm standing there, and I feel overdressed because I'm in a pair of board shorts, and I just asked them, is this a nude beach? And they said, well, for the most part, it's a nude beach. And then I see the other part of the beach and everybody's nude. And so they're kind of like pressuring me, like, you know, you can, you can get naked. And I'm just like, that's not me. And so I walk off. But yeah, I have stumbled upon a nude beach before. I'm not a nude kind of a person. I dated a girl one time that tried to get me to go to a nude colony. This wasn't my thing. And I've talked often on my shows. I've, I've gone down and not in a creepy way. I went down to the San Francisco nude bike ride one time the first year that I lived in San Francisco just to see what it was all about. And what you think in your mind 
and what reality is are two entirely different things. You think it's going to be a bunch of supermodels and guys that are in, in great shape, and you know those are going to be the people because if you're in my kind of shape, the shape of a pair, you would never get naked in front of others. Oh, but those people do, and that's the majority, like 98%. It is really difficult to find somebody where you go, oh, that person should be at a nude bike ride. No, there's not very many of those. And finally, the third and final story on the caboose pistol today you would soil yourself if this happened to you. This guy was in North Carolina. He's kayaking along, and something catches his eye quickly out of nowhere. Take a listen to this. Peter Joyce put his kayak in near the dam on Lake Waccamaw on Sunday, expecting a nice quiet trip on the river until an alligator changed his plans. I thought I heard a fish jump into my left and... Uh... Turned out not to be a fish. And about three feet from the kayak, I made out the head, and that was it. There was no time to react. My mind was playing catch up at that point. I didn't realize, you know, basically when I made out the head coming towards the front end of the kayak, I was just kind of like in a, you know, state of shock. And then as soon as it thumped the kayak and then went under, I just was like, uh, what just happened? The video shows the force of the gator's attack hard enough to roll Joyce's kayak and topple him into the water. What you don't see is a tree he grabbed to get himself upright. You know, if it hit and there was nothing to grab on the right side of me, I would have inverted. And uh, could have been, <laughs> could have been a, lot, a lot worse. So. This isn't the first time that Joyce has seen a gator during a paddle trip, but it's the first one that's ever charged at him. It's given him a newfound respect for the reptile's power. You know, usually, uh, they would make a splash or, you know, or they would move, make a, a ruckus in the water, but this was like a continuous charge from about 20 feet away, so it uh, definitely made me think. Okay, you're thinking a little bit differently about what their capabilities are. Now, this video's gone viral, and you may have seen it. It was in North Carolina. This guy's in a blue kayak. He's moving along, and he's clearly in a swamp type of area, so I don't know. I'm not from the South, and it's one of the few places I haven't lived. I, I, I don't. Is that a thing? For those who lived, is that a thing? Like you go swamp kayaking. And he had said he had seen gators before. If I had seen one gator, I'm not getting near that water. Like we all talk about what your phobia is, a snake or, you know, it, it, some of the things that you have a phobia of, phobia of are not reality. Like I'm not going to see us. I'm not going to see a gator. I don't live in Florida. I don't like to go near swamps. I'm not going to go swamp kayaking. That doesn't sound interesting to me. It sounds like I'm going to be lunch to an alligator, like an alligator is one thing, like I don't like snakes, but an alligator and you're done. That's it, that death roll or whatever it is they do and they show in the video, the guy kind of goes sideways. If I'm that guy, I would have panicked. I would have soiled, no, I would have soiled myself. I would have panicked. I would have been sucking my thumb and waiting like, for somebody. I would have grabbed my cell phone. Like I couldn't have moved. The thing came out of nowhere, like a rocket. It was fast and this guy gets toppled over and he's talking calmly. Like I'll go back. I'll just have more respect next time. What? You're not going back. You're going back swamp kayaking, knowing that you got a, you got charged by a gator, and the next time, what do you? There is no next time. You're not going back. All right, that's the caboose pistol. The Hawaii cop busted for making a homeless person lick a urinal to avoid arrest. The Minneapolis topless beach busted by the creepy police drone, and the guy who got toppled by the alligator while swamp kayaking in North Carolina, which is something I will never do. 
That's the Caboose Pistol Podcast for Thursday, July 16th, 2020. John Lund with you from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Remember, get in touch with the show. Hey, hey, at CabooseBistol.com. Leave your voicemail so we can play at 508-296-4949, at Caboose Pistol on Twitter, at John Lund Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. July 16, 2020. That is your Caboose Pistol Podcast. <laughs>